What's up, guys? Episode 963 of FRL. I had to do the intro because JD just does it too softly. So, JD, Mr. Kozak, what's going on? Hey, Ben. The Syria episode of FRL. Area code 963. Really, Syria? I saw you write that in the doc. You can look it up. That's their phone country code if you're calling from the U.S. Calling all your friends in Syria. Hey, this is a... If you still like the area codes, this is a dig at Christian. I'm taking this when he's not even here. I still put every area code in the top of the dock, and he doesn't say it. Uh-huh. <laughs> he doesn't. Only rarely. When is a good one? <laughs> but you start getting into the 900s, they're not always uh, complete. There's a lot of no area codes, I found well, out. Wasn't that like... Remember back in the day, I, you might be too young for this. Kozak, you might be too young for this. I think I'm older than both of you. But back in the day... If you watched like TNT at like ten o'clock at night or something, they'd start advertising one nine hundred numbers where you could call if you were lonely. Do you guys yeah. remember these or no? Uh, I remember seeing commercials late at night. Yes. Okay. <laughs> like it was for. Uh, well, I don't even know if we can talk about what what you did on the one nine hundred <laughs> numbers, but it was not pretty obvious. Why was it the most morally upstanding thing? It was great. It was great. <laughs> I. Did you ever call any of those numbers? I never called. Never, never visited a one nine hundred number. No. <laughs> Didn't take the old uh, parents' credit card. No, I would never do that. I might. I, I should not. Now you have a thing like, did I have any degenerate college teammates who did that? And uh, I'm guessing the answer is probably yes. But I don't even remember anyone telling a story of calling <laughs> one of those. Well, that's not something you really want to, you know, put out there. Probably. No, I would have one of the, you, I mean, you know, JD, there was the guys at a college team who, like, their reputation was that they were their ball. And, yes. <laughs> you know, they would cop to it. They, they, you know, they may not be totally proud about it, but they would cop to it. Oh, 100%. <laughs> All right. Well, full show today. Um, Kozak was in Serbia for the World Championship. So we're going to talk to him about that a little bit. Some, some high school news and stuff to get to. Maybe some new NIL rules. And uh, some other questions to finish out this the show. But first, Kozak, I want to have you give us some behind-the-scenes stuff from Worlds. You know, we've already kind of talked a lot a bit about the results, but yeah. what was going down behind the scenes? Give us the inside scoop from Belgrade. Yeah, we so it was me and Tyler mainly. Uh, Bader was there, but he was doing film stuff. So he was just following uh, Vito and, and Chance. Uh, we're doing films on both those guys, so that should be really cool. But uh, yeah, me and Tyler, we were trying to get like as behind the scenes as as we could, and so I snuck into like the draw. That that's that's one of the things I think is really interesting. Like Worlds, it's like the the pre- premier tournament for you know wrestling, but there's still aspects of it where it's like this reminds me of a high school tournament. So it's like even the the draw, you have like. You know, Olympic champions just sitting there waiting for brackets to come out so they can like take a picture on their phone and you know send it to the <laughs> send it to all their athletes. So that's how do they actually? Is it all randomly electronically drawn now? Because I remember back in the day, you used to pick like a popsicle stick or something with a number on it. Yeah, it's on the blockchain now. Okay, they, I'm, ser- I'm serious. <laughs> yeah, that is what they Can't say. Be changed. They yeah, they say that that's that's what it is. Um, I think that was after 2019 in Kazakhstan. Ooh, um, yeah. When, when those brackets were not on the blockchain. Um, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. Uh, so that's really interesting. I mean, we did a whole, like, a vlog series, and I think Tyler's got another one coming out. Uh, 
David Taylor to like the day, I think it was either the day before Worlds or two days before, David Taylor watched Yazdani work out for like 15 minutes. He just kind of sat there and watched like Team Iran work out. Uh, USA and Iran yeah. were in the, the workout room at the same time. That was really interesting. I think it's, I think it's uh, interesting the way that different countries um, practice and exercise. Like Iran's team, that Iran's team reminds me of a high school team still. They're very, they all do everything as a group, like mm -hmm. even their warm-ups, the dynamics, and their coaches putting them through it. Yeah. And everything, like very structured, like a, like a high school team. Also, I've noticed um, Iran, they regularly check their pulses. <laughs> really? During their really? warm-ups, yes. So I'm guessing that, you know, they try to get their heart rate above so many beats per minute or mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're super intense uh, in their, in their warm-ups, in their practices. Like, they were doing this one, I forget what they called it, but it was like, it, it was like they were going kamikaze mode for like a minute, just, just like with a, it was almost like with a kamikaze coach. Kamikaze mode? Like, it was with a coach and an athlete, and it was just like, everybody was in a circle, and they're all just yelling. And and the uh, the athletes like charging forward in uh, you know working underhooks and then he'd sprawl and then he'd shoot in and they would just like yell for like a, a minute and it was like I don't know mm. if it was like a, to practice like their sprint at the end or just yeah. like very high high intensity intimidation factor yeah yeah <laughs> intimidation but factor. it was yeah it's, it, I mean they basically <laughs> took over the whole like workout space with that little uh, exercise whatever because you couldn't help but like watch yeah, or look like what's going on over there um yeah the the other part that i thought was that really stuck out to me was how affected russia was by not competing for whatever two years or a year and a half mm -hmm. and uh we interviewed kadi and we and sitikov and also Gatsalov, um and they all said like similar things like yeah it's been really hard on us i think i forget if it was kadi or Sitikov was like it felt like it feels like we're in prison uh, not able to right. to compete. Um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't expect. I I expected them to come out because they've been competing against one another. I expected them to come out and just like roll. You know, be be fine. Um, yeah. So that was that was pretty interesting. Um, another thing that stood out to me was Sitikov and Dake. Like right before that match, like Dake was in the warm up area, kind of already uh, like the staging area. Right before you you go out, there's mats. And, uh, you know, everyone's just kind of walking around They're in their own little spot. And Dake was in his own, own area. And, and Sitikov came into the room maybe, like, 10 minutes before they were going to go out on the mats. And he, like, made it a point to go right next to, to Dake and just kind of warm up right next to him when there was, like, a whole other side. Yeah, when there was a whole other side of the area where he could have gone. So he, he literally, like, it was like they were pacing, like, right next to each other. Wow. And and Sitikov like made a point to to do that, and so I think what's really w what stands out to me about Sitikov is when the rest of Team Russia is having a down performance, he's still able to come in and win a bracket like seventy four and beat Kyle Dake. Like that's 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 pretty yeah. impressive, you know. Yeah, so, I agree. Yeah, I don't know. Those are my little notes I, I wrote down. I like Kitsalov better than Tadiev because he talked to us and was was cool. Uh, that's another thing. Jesse, I don't know if that's a good reason. Yeah, we need a good villain in the sport. I know, right? Yeah, he, he's not as easy to hate. Nobody's as easy to hate as Tidia 
honestly. But Getzalov went on. No, the one the one Iranian coach, JD, he's pretty easy to hate. No, nah, not as much as Tadiev because he's not as good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Getzalov went on uh, a media talk show the other day and basically denounced Russian transfers, which at least I had never seen before. He said he doesn't like that they're, I believe it's hard to tell with translation, but said stealing medals from us and said they will no longer be allowed to train with the Russian uh, national team. If they want to train, hmm. in, uh, they either have to go to you know that country or their own private club, which, I mean, I think that's what they do anyway. So to be honest with you, I don't think... The private clubs. Yeah, like I don't think a whole lot's going to change anyways. Yeah, it would be interesting to see how, free, you know, like of... Because like with our guys, um, they're probably at their own private clubs what do you say, 90% of the time Yeah. Something like that. So is that the same in Russia? Because if it's the same in Russia, then it's probably not a big deal. But if it's, you know, say 70 or 60, then maybe it could be a big deal. Because, um, you know, I know, when did this happen for some of our guys? I can't remember exactly. But, you know, there's times in the AWA room where there's a big tournament and, like, everybody's gone. And there's no one. There's a few people left maybe because injuries or whatever, right? And there's no one really for them to train with, you know? And so Mm -hmm. if, like, that would happen... At a private club, and God Solve says, "Okay, today's national team, right?" And now there's only a few people left at the club. Who are you gonna train with? Right. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see, um, and we'll see. Maybe they start to try and block more guys moving yeah. moving forward. I now that they had such a good world's performance, the transfers did. I don't know. Yeah. I wonder how much of it has to do with those transfers who are just able to compete more this year, you know, internationally, and they were able to go more places, whereas the Russian guys weren't. Well, yeah, I, I think there's a number of factors that led to Russia's down year. Not being right. able to compete as one, just so much being in limbo, probably so much going on in their personal lives mm-hmm. that the war has affected for them. So I, I think it's a variety of factors that led to that and ultimately led to the transfers having a good year. Plus, just more transfers are leaving. Yeah. Yes. You know? So, I mean, like, would we have seen Tejudinov five years ago? Probably not. He probably would have stuck That's around a little bit longer. I don't know why they let him go, JD. I don't know why. They should not let that dude go. They should have seen that dude come in and say, like, we're going to either shrink you down to 92, we're going to bulk you up to heavyweight, Sedulayev's got a couple years left, and, and then we're going to get you in. Like, we, they should have pulled the kill Sanders and said, you're not going anywhere, mister. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, if Sedulayev has plans to go through 2028, which is not that crazy, given, you know, his age and weight, yeah. they were probably like, sure, go ahead, like, we we got, you know, we got we got this locked down for a while. Yeah. Hey, yeah. listen to this. Te, Tejudinov, I don't. He's never wrestled for Russia. Correct. So yes. Could he transfer? Could he go back? He could. We think he's so. He's only yeah. ever represented Bahrain. What if mm-hmm. they take him back? It is pretty wild that he never wrestled in any international stuff. Even like all the way back to like say a seventeen U, which would have been, um, you know, pre. Ukraine-Russia conflict, that type of thing, you know? It's wild. But 
when he was 17, it was 2020, and there were no age level mm. world championships. Yeah. Good so point. that's literally how young this man is, and you know the past three years have been so crazy for Russian athletes. I <coughs> I will tell you behind the scenes if we're talking uh, Tejudinov, there was a ton of rumors about the. Uh, the, the relationship between him and Sajulayev while we were like on the ground there like oh it was all an, all an act from Sajulayev uh, it was his way of getting his coach another Olympian it was his which by way. the way they have the sa- exact same coach yeah yeah there was there was rumors mm-hmm. going into it like oh Tejudinov's never going to beat Sajulayev because of the relationship that they have, it would be disrespectful in their culture. Like, it was it was actually pretty comical. Like thinking back on like huh. all the different things that people are saying about that relationship, which is like, I think it's just speculation. We really don't, you know, we really don't know. Um, but yeah, he's he looks to be the part. He's pretty incredible. Pretty incredible. He yeah. Let's not get too carried away. We're, they need to pull him back. Words, like. One world championships. Mm-hmm. He, he is great, but I think Sajlai was truly Heard not one hundred percent. I I think he was still I don't know insert eighty ninety percent. Like he was he wasn't hobbling out there, but yeah, I don't think he was one hundred percent there. Russian apologist. He, he's still going to be yeah. the the guy in Tokyo. So yeah. The thing about uh, Tajudinov is he's he is like s- some crazy length to where he can yeah. obviously he gave Snyder a ton of problems in that aspect. Like, I wonder if he's going to be ninety seven forever or if he'll eventually go up to heavyweight. As that's he gets what I'm older. saying. He's big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he, he could absolutely go up at some point. Over the weekend on his Instagram, uh, a UFC fighter from Dagestan tagged him in. A video of Getsalov, you know, talking about yeah. how he doesn't like the tra- uh, transfers, and he tagged him and said, "You cause quite a ruckus." And he just quote quoted it and with the laughing, crying emoji. So he's he's big chilling over everything <laughs> about the transfers and causing a ruckus. He's a ruckus causer. One uh, talking about kind of same club training and like. And take Sitikov in the warm-up area and stuff. That reminded me. Ben, I don't know if you saw the clip we posted yesterday of Aaron Brooks talking about David Taylor. Hmm. And I just thought it was interesting him being like, yeah, you know, sometimes I watch him train. Sometimes I catch him watching me train. Hmm. Like, just (laughs) that dynamic is so interesting there in the same room. And it'll probably be a rematch, Olympic final or Olympic trials finals. Yeah, I did. I didn't watch. I saw the clip. I didn't uh, watch it for very long. Um, yeah, I mean, but there's a couple of those at NLWC because at this point, Dake and and Nolf are one two, right? So they could definitely be up there, and as well as Taylor Brooks, and then obviously Shiraki wants to have a. He wants to get in the mix, which I don't actually think he makes seventy four. We'll find out on that. If one. If he goes seventy four, um, and Zane goes up to seventy four, and Zane, yes, think it's basically just a. We can just. Lucky for them, and the whole, yeah, and it's right there in State College. <laughs> and then they got Mitchell there too. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens in those weights. And I, it, yeah, it does suck. I mean, that's one thing. Like 
with uh, like a club the age I coach is like, well, they could all go on to bigger and better things, even if they're wrestling for state titles or whatever. It's not a big deal. They're going to go to college and they're going to go their own ways. But then, because it is the best, the best is to train with the other best people and the best coaches. But then you get to the the Olympics, and that's that's the end point, right? right. <laughs> you can't make the Olympics because <laughs> the, the same guys train with you, dude. I like, I don't know. I don't know how I would deal with it. I never obviously had to experience that. Um, yeah, that would be very strange. So strange. Transferring countries. Yeah, they get that. The Penn State needs to start their own country so they can start offloading some <laughs> of the people. Because I, talk a, a bit on the transfer rules, because I saw you were going back and forth yesterday on Twitter, because we posted that clip of us talking about should Zahid transfer, and what all goes into the transfer process for athletes. Yeah, so there's a window, there's a transfer window, it's December, they have to submit their transfer um, in the month of December. A country can only get one transfer from uh, like a specific country per year. So Mexico could only get one guy from the United States per That's year. That's kind of a wild rule, isn't it? I guess. Like, it. I guess it, it keeps like all it of... It keeps from just a whole country of backups transferring to the exact yeah. same country. Like, all right, Mexico's just yeah. United States junior. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like... Um, at the same time, it's also like, well, you know, say JD and John wanted to transfer somewhere, and I'm, I'm, you guys are from the same country, and I'm the new country that's taking one of you. I have to pick one. I'd say, nah, I can only pick one of you. you both can't come. You know, like maybe I use it against you, like, hey, uh, JD, I'll pay you thirty. Uh, you want to come? And then I'm like, hey, John, I'll pay you twenty. <laughs> right. And John says, yeah. I'm like, ah, I'm gonna take John. He's cheaper. <laughs> Yeah, and so that's another point is uh, the country has to pay the other country depending on how good the athlete is. So like in the case of Zahid, because he just meddled, his stock goes up. So Mexico would have to pay for him. I think Nomad said it was like 3,800,000 pesos. Which I did the conversion is almost a quarter of a million USD. Yeah, yeah. So whereas for RBY... Solid. They, yeah, so if it's if it's between RBY and Zahid, it's probably RBY because they don't have to pay, you know, nearly as much for him. I don't even know what they, what they would have to pay for him. But if they would choose Zahid, he would have to sit out three years unless the national governing body or the IOC waived that, like, can't the U.S. The USOC or IOC. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So in Zahid's case, it's probably not likely. Um unless he wants to like sit out for a couple of years um, and just gear up for 2028, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's not good. So, oh, man. So he will probably remain American. Yeah. Yep. Anthony, the, the weight of Mexico's Olympic hopes rides on his shoulders. Wait, so I, hold on. I got a question then, Mr. Kozak. Because I was just thinking about the, all the New Jerseyans that have went to Puerto Rico. Uh, there's definitely more than one per year just from Jersey to Puerto Rico. Does it not count if there are different age groups? That's a good question. Like, they have, they have um, some at the 17U, and then they got some, I saw a bunch at the 20U. I mean, there's probably... Well, the other thing... they never represented five? America. Yeah, if they never represented America, then maybe... At that, the Worlds. Or yeah, Pan Ams. Or, yeah, or any, If you had a UWW license, 
God. And they don't have the UWW license unless they make the world championships. So even if they were to have competed at national championships, you're saying it doesn't count. Or like a Pan Americans, like a U15 yeah, PMs, yeah. Yep. that would warrant a UWW license. Yes. Or any random overseas UWW even. But yes, like a, if you competed at the world team trials, U17 world team trials, you only need a USA wrestling license, not a UWW. Got it. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Because yeah, then none of those guys have made a world team previously, so then they could be free to go over there. We really should uh, We should just take Canada's spots. They kind of suck. What do you think? Lachlan Mc- McNeil would disagree with you, but... Who? Lachlan McNeil. Well, I mean, he's... Where's he training? He's training in America. He is actually Canadian, though. He was born and raised in Canada. He is actually Canada. Canadian. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, how many males did Canada get this year? Yeah, zero. Zero. I think we, we could go take some of those spots and get a few more medals. Yeah. Um, I think there's just less people of Canadian descent in America. So that's why we have adjusted more to Mexico and Puerto Rico. Kind of funny that uh, Canada is so close. And Serbia and San Marino. I know. More people of all those descents. I have no idea, uh, honestly. Or not no idea, but like I have no direct ties to really anywhere. So maybe, maybe I'll go Canada if I ever uh, want to compete yeah. at Worlds. Why not? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, Kozak, speaking on international wrestling, you caused a bit of a stink uh, the other day. With your your pound for pound rankings, Kozak. Oh, that's what I do. You put David Taylor number one, Sitikov two, Sad July of three, Yes ninety four, Kyle Dake, rounding out the top five. Yeah. Explain your thinking. A lot of people um, thought maybe Sitikov should have been higher. Sad July should have dropped lower. Kyle Dake is maybe a little too high. Explain yourself. Yeah, um, I think David Taylor's. pose there is just what I do when people ask me questions about it. Whatever. Um, no. Uh, I think David Taylor, I mean, he hasn't lost since when? 2020. 2021. It's been a while. He's won two world titles straight. He's, you know, pretty much shown that he's got Yazdani's number. Um, Sidikov just lost two months ago yes. to Vizhoev. Uh, um, prior to that, he lost to Sabalov. And he lost to Savid Kui, but that was up at 79. So he's got three losses in three years. David Taylor's got one loss in five or six years. Um, so for me, that, that gives him the edge. Especially, like, if Sitikov didn't lose to Bejoev, uh, I think then he's kind of the clear guy. Because um, 74 is a little deeper. Sedulayev, I mean, I guess by the letter of the law of our rankings, like our, ranking, our rankers guild... Technically, it was an injury <laughs> default. So, you could you could make a case for Sajulia staying at num one, but what? No, take it back. Yeah, you, I mean you could. No. I'm, I'm not going to leave him there, right? Uh, yeah, a lot of people are actually it. arguing for Sajulia to be lower, <laughs> which is just insane considering is he's been he's been the pound for pound guy over the past what? Before this, he had taken been number one one for loss a long time. since 2017. Yeah. And then he lost. Yep. He lost his like second tournament in, in 2013. So he had two losses yep. in 10 years, which is yeah. Uh, he was the he was the clear top guy. Um, yeah, I mean, you look at you look at the other guys in the weight below that, or in the 
ranking below that. Zare, Zare's lost to Akul. Um, Where would Gable be? Gable would, would probably be, man, if he beat Zare. If he would have won again. If he'd have won again, I could, I could see a case for him being up there, like, right around the Dake area. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. Because uh, that's a good heavyweight group right there. He would have beat all of them. Yeah. Yeah. So, Zare's only lost to Petrosvili and Akul in his international career. Akul's only lost to Zare and Gable. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he'd probably be right up there with Yazdani and Dake. Um, maybe ahead of Yazdani, even. Behind Sajulayev. Yeah. Yeah. That's right? about right. Also, yeah, I mean, obviously, everyone wants to move a lot based on the most recent performance. And like, uh, if if the Rankers Guild said that that carried significantly more weight, I could see it. But then on the other side, you're right. Sedgwick has been number one forever, and he, like, this is what his second loss or third loss in forever. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it is hard to justify moving him too low when someone like Sidikov has had three losses in the last three years, and to find three Sedgwick losses, you got to go back a decade. Yeah. What about putting Micic in ahead of Musakayev, considering mm-hmm. Musakayev has lost to Evan Henderson in the past 12 months? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good mm-hmm. point. I mean, you could put Micic higher. I know um, he just went through a murderous row, but so did Micic. Yeah, yeah, 65. Uh, so let me think about this. Musakayev beat three pound-for-pound pound guys. Entering that were they were pound for pound, pound for pound entering worlds and Micic beat one. Oguyev was the only guy in the pound for pound at 57 entering world championships. So that's a little bit of the rationale there. Um, I mean, I could see I could see Micic going ahead of Musakayev and, be, and being fine with it. Um, but that was my my thinking. Odeguru was pretty high. Um, Mamadov was in there and Amuzad. I just kind of valued those guys a little bit higher than um, that was a hell of a streak. Haguchi, Abak, Abakarov, and um, Aguyev. But Pozak, don't you wish they would compete more often so you'd have more data points to do, to do these rankings yeah. upon? That'd be, It'd be so great, wouldn't it? Yeah, Michich pretty much said he's like I'm, he's competing once a year at 57 um, because that's of the, so like okay. Yeah. Uh, I know some of these guys think that. Well, Mitchell is young. He's not even old. But like mm-hmm. David Taylor does less, you know, a couple times. Like, I actually like competing. I kind of miss it now that I don't do it at all. Like, if I'm 20, what's Mitchell? Probably 26, 27, something like that? Yeah. Like, the fact that he really only wants to compete once a year, that's really wild to me. Like, what are you going to do the other 12 months? Well, I think he's going to compete a couple times just up at 61. Yeah. Oh, one time at 57. Yeah, because like he'll will probably do euros and stuff. Okay. But that changes. I think making fifty seven is just hell for him. So yeah, yeah. but he some did. of these other dudes, some of these other dudes are competing really, really infrequently. It's like I don't know. It feels like that's boring. Like I would like to compete. I mean, I don't want to do a one hundred sixty two game baseball season or nothing. But you know, give me six, seven, eight dates on the schedule. That sounds like fun. Yeah, you need to incentivize. Guys. Yes, they need to incentivize it, obviously. <laughs> yeah, the other Mitic did compete at sixty-five at Euros, and he lost to, um, I think, France's guy. Um, yeah, it's just and with Mitic, it's so hard because you don't have you don't have any other data points other than the one awesome tournament, uh, which was was still pretty good. But did nice. you see um, 
Iran's bringing their like full squad to the Asian Games. Yeah. Yes. Which is going on this weekend? And there I were think some good brackets. Uh, someone I don't remember who it was. Someone posted them yesterday, and I, I kind of looked through them, and there were some good ones. Yeah, a lot of those countries really value the Asian Games, and they get rewarded for it too um, financially. I can't remember exactly how much to make, but like Bajrang's doing Asian Games, and he didn't do the World Championships. You mm-hmm. rewarded by me? You mean the country's rewarding them, or the the tournament is rewarding them? I believe the country. Yeah. Yeah. Like India yeah. really values. Asian games more than they would value a world championship. Right. Yes. So that's kind of why. Which is kind of wild because I don't know if they know this, but part of <laughs> part of the world is Asia. And it's also that qualifies you for the Olympic Games this year, especially. So it is crazy, but I don't know. They they love the Asian games. So yeah. Hey, uh, can we talk about Joseph Floyd's comment here? Um, Because I think it's a really interesting one. Um, Yeah. Okay. Joseph Floyd. He said, Joseph Floyd says, um, if the appeals don't go Iowa's way, should they do a punt year? Why waste a year of eligibility for a guy like Ben? He's saying Ben Keeter when the weight class clears out after this year. And yeah, I mean, I know some dudes want to go right away, but. The heavyweight gets so much easier after this year. Like for him to not want to wait one year, you get Henderson's gone, Elam's gone, Kirkfleet's gone. Correct? No, Kirkfleet's he's got another uh, year. He's got two more years. Yeah. Um, there's someone I should I should brought up the rings, but there's Davidson's more people that are gone. gone. Um, why not punt a year um, for some of these guys? Um, well, if you're looking at specifically Keeter. The argument mm-hmm. against it, or him resting right away, is you want to put your best team out on the mat. Yeah. And if you think this guy is good enough to All-American this year, yeah. you might say, you know, eh, he might not be ready to win it this year, but he's going to be contending for a spot on the podium. And like I say, sometimes you just got to smoke him while you got him. Like, what you say? <laughs> Well, you know, uh, don't, don't wait for something that might happen down the road if you are confident in your abilities this year. Obviously, it gets a lot easier, but and especially in Keter's case, it's like, well, at any point, he could just decide, I'm going to go pursue my mm-hmm. NFL dreams. Is he that good, really? I don't know. He's not you playing. He's not playing this year, but it's pretty rare for a true freshman to, to play on the football team. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I mean, who else does Iowa have that could start? And, you know, the thing, the thing that I was thinking about that, for especially <clears throat> Iowa, because they do put such a huge emphasis on big duels, the thing that's so cool now is you could say, we're going to red, redshirt Ben Keeter, except for the big, biggest five home dates. Mm-hmm. Right? You could literally start him at five big duels in Carver Hawkeye, and you could do that with anyone else you're redshirting. Like, Dude, that's so cool. Like, well, any first-year make... guy you're redshirting. So, oh, yeah, any any first-year guy. So if any of those guys are the best guys, they could, you know, they could. Like a Gabe Arnold whistle. at 174. Correct. Yeah, 174 clears can... out, too, man. Who? 174, Gabe Arnold. Yeah. Clears out. Because he, he could win some matches there for sure. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, they could still do that with Keeter, roll him out whatever at a few tournaments and like if he's just not ready to go like they can still 
mm-hmm. pull them yeah, back. Yeah, 174 is crazy, Koza. And I don't know which one of these guys really are seniors, but you guys have the top seven listed as seniors. Yeah, and I think... That's wild. Is Hartzell really a senior? No, he has two uh, years I was going to say, man, it felt like that went by quick. But Shane I think Griffith's else. definitely done. Makai's definitely done. Staraki actually, I think, has another year. And then Foco probably has to be done because of the Cornell rules of they can't... You know, Staraki is saying he's not going to use it. He posted on his Instagram the other day, like... I don't the, believe that. A screenshot of the schedule and it said, like, dead last ops. run. Yeah, and then it did say dead ops. <laughs> but before that... What, it what's de- what does dead ops mean? Uh, he's going to kill the opposition. They're going to be dead. <laughs> uh, I remember they used to tell you not to say that stuff when you were a college athlete. <laughs> Different times, Ben. Different times, okay. You, we're usually in more sensitive times than we were back then. Don't you remember? It was that, um, okay, let me see. His dad played at Mizzou. That's, um, his name was Kellen Winslow. Do you remember this guy? I remember Kellen Winslow. He was a tight end, and he said something like he wanted to kill his opposition all the time. For, do you play for Miami? Yes, he played for Miami. He yeah. said he wanted to kill his opposition or they're the enemy or something like this. And we literally, the next week, we had to have like a um, a social media training or interview training with the whole athletic department. Like, you can't say this. Like, no, you can't say this about your opposition. It was it was hilarious. Times are changing, Ben. Get with the times. No, it's opposite. Usually it's more sensitive. <laughs> now, uh let me, I'm going to find this now because I, I remember this meeting we had to have. Uh, oh, oof. He's had some uh, bad yeah, times since then. he's in prison then. now. He's in <laughs> prison. So. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe they didn't say it was on to something back then. This is the video. Okay, let's see. He said he's an effing soldier. Uh, oh, God. Um, man, just bad, bad stuff with this guy. Is maybe a little worse than you remembered. <laughs> well, okay, I, I found the quote. No, I found the quote, but he's actually in real trouble now. So yeah. uh, when you're googling <laughs> him, you find some not good stuff. Uh, I said it's about the you. I don't give a flying. You know what about it? I don't give a damn. He's gonna do the same thing to me. It's war. They don't give a freaking. You know what? They will kill you. So you go out there and try to kill them. Uh, they go out there to kill you. So I'm gonna kill him. Blah 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 blah, and now we yeah. literally had a uh, like an interview. The next week we had an interview training about like you do not say this. Uh, so funny. Uh, kind of speaking about changing times, potential new NIL rules and Uh-oh. regulations in college. It's nothing too crazy, but potentially as soon as January, um, the NSA could put rules into place that include a creation of voluntary registry for NIL service providers such as agents and financial advisors, requirements for disclosure of NI deals worth more than $600 by athletes to their schools and development of a standardized NIL contract and education Mm. programs for both high school prospects and college athletes. That sounds like a bunch of grifters. What do you mean? Grifters grifters are those people who don't actually provide services and they just want money Uh, off the top. A lot of government employees are grifters, right? Bankers, they don't actually do anything. They just take money out of the deal from you. You know, that's what this sounds like to me. Really? I mean, when you just like think about it, they're like, okay, providing uh, financial education for young men and women. That seems like a... Generally good, but they don't actually do it. They like half-ass it, and then you pay them money, and you're like, ah, I didn't really get anything out of that. But it would be the schools paying money, not the athletes, and 
Really yeah, the only go- government. Thing here. The, the, the school is funded by the government. The government loves paying grifters who don't actually provide real services. Okay. Well, there you go. I don't know if you know this, JD. I don't know if you know this. We're thirty-three trillion dollars in debt. I, I've heard it. We spend a, a lot of news. money. The government loves spending money. They need to cut back on some of that. Now they're just trying to pay more grifters. The biggest thing here is an athlete must disclose an NIL deal worth more than $600. Except, I believe, it's just to their schools. So it's not, like, to the public. Public knowledge, yeah. correct. Got it. That sounds like the IRS. <clears throat> Maybe. They said Who's, in a statement the point of it was they want to... Um, the NCAA is trying to modify the infractions process to encourage corporations by schools and punish individuals involved rather than hitting programs with postseason bans or recruiting restrictions that impact uh, athletes who were part of the rule breaking or that weren't part of the rule breaking. I just so I just want it to be professionalized. Just make it make it make them contracts. You know, have them sign contracts. This is what we're going to pay you, just like they do in any other professional sport. You want yeah, schools to pay? Yeah. I mean, schools through the whatever boosters, it would be so much better. Yeah. Rather than all this, like, oh, did you hear what they're getting paid? Yeah. I, don't know. I still don't think an athlete should be, a college athlete should be paid if they're getting their tuition and room and board. That could be the con- that could be the contract. Man, you know? how do you say, JD, how do you say that after watching the Johnny Manziel thing? Because the Johnny I Manziel, think they should be able to make as much as they want off of like, their name, image, The amount of money Texas A&M was able to raise off that dude, like, holy crap. Yeah, true. Like, he was worth so much money to them. They took it all. They He didn't get barely anything. Yeah, and I'm, well, he made, he made his fair share. The doc showed that. Not nah, fair. Define fair. Okay, okay, not his fair he share. Made a, he made his, he vote. made, yeah, a part of his share. Especially with how, okay, so instead of tuition and room and board, maybe pay them that financially, which is a lot of money nowadays. Some athletes are being way overpaid if you think about what they bring to a university in terms of if you're on a full ride and you're getting a stipend and meals paid for and all the gear for some get. sports, yeah, because it's like a social system. Because yeah, you think uh, about like that, like they get way overpaid. Yeah, and that's, that's fine. Ninety five. But that does that justify underpaying other athletes? And I think the answer to that is kind of no. Well, I think that they can go make their market value on their name, image, and likeness. Now they could, a lot of athletes are making way more than their market value on their name. You think so? Image and likeness. Yes, I do think so. But if we don't really know, I mean, we don't really know what their market value is because they're really- And I guess their market, market value, value is whatever actual... somebody is willing to pay mm-hmm. them. So. Correct, yeah. That's, and that's wild to me because I always see what these like NFL or NBA or Major League Baseball players are making. And I think, holy crap, like how is that their market value? But it obviously is because these professional teams, they're yeah. literally businesses. And I think it's just because Americans uh, are so obsessed with sports. They spend so much time, money on that, that, that yeah, these p- players are worth that much. And it's kind of insane that Americans spend so much time and money watching professional sports. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crazy. Um, so I, I don't think, to bring it back to these new NIL rules, I don't think they're really that much of a... Of a thing. Of a thing or... That much of a, a big deal won't really affect anything. Ha <laughs> ha! Piles in the chat, and I don't really disagree. Um, 
Do you see what he said? He said 99% yeah. of NIL is ego payment by boosters. Now, I think he might be exaggerating at 99%, but uh, within the sport of wrestling, he might not be all that wrong, right? And so that, and that's the argument that we're making also is that, and I guess maybe in addition to ego, they just want to see their team do well, and then mm-hmm. I guess they could attribute the success of their team to themselves because they were the booster who paid the athlete to participate at that school, right, versus NIL is supposed to be. Um, JD has a hat company, and I can help him to sell more hats, so he signs me up um so i i think christian's sentiment is right <laughs> and then oliver stone says 99.95 <laughs> i also um i think so funny a large portion of wrestling nil i, I think re- wrestling specifically it's getting blown a little bit out of proportion how much is like a booster paying somebody to come here and a lot of it is hey we have some extra cash flow and we like this kid, we'll throw him a bone. Like, yeah. hey, um, I, I'm a car dealership in the area. Like, I'm going to sponsor this kid wherever he goes because he's a hometown kid or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I saw Drake Ayala did an NIL deal with Fort Dodge. Um, oh, baby, let's go. Ford. Like, if Drake Ayala went to Iowa State, Fort Dodge Ford is still probably sponsoring him, right? Hmm. Uh, David Carr has an IL deal with Casey's gas station. What? Yeah. That lucky son of a gun. If he went to the University of Iowa, I think he's still getting an IL deal with with Casey's. Well, Casey's, they support Iowa. So I guess, you know, maybe they need to support another Casey's. You know what? Let's, I, we just solved the problem here, JD. Casey's, they probably got enough money to build Northern Iowa a new wrestling room. That's true. Casey's, hop on it. If you are real Iowans, if you really support Iowa, you'll build Northern Iowa a new wrestling room. There we go. I think we just solved the state of Iowa's problems. Just solved them. Growing wrestling. Right there. (laughs) Ben, what do you think about Super 32 going to three-point takedown? Uh, I really, really, really hate the fact that they did it on a couple weeks' notice. Um, I mean, they are, what, 18 days away? 17 days away? Something, Something like that. that yeah, late not, October. Not, very, not super far. Um, because it, when you when you looked at the matches from who's number one, because you guys did it, and I think you gave everyone adequate notice um, that you were, in fact, doing it. Um, it, it did change the uh, outcome of a couple matches. And we, and we talked about that Monday. Obviously, there was a, there was a handful of matches where there was only one takedown, so obviously it doesn't change the outcome of that match. Um, I can't remember which one it was because obviously previously a reversal and a takedown were worth the same amount, and now they're not, right? So Jack's if I take you down and then right? you reverse me, um, I'm I'm doing good because I'm up three two. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I probably a little more notice would have been good because it does change some of the strategy and tactics of the participants. Yeah. I, I don't feel strongly about the three-point takedown as a whole. And so I don't feel super strongly about this, but I'm kind of like, you're a high school tournament. Use high school rules. Use are high school rules. I mean, yeah, they still using other high But then you'd be rules? talking about, you'd be you know going against yourself, right, because you guys did it for who's number one. Um, which I know you guys, I think, have always done college rules, if I mm-hmm. remember correctly, or and have for a really long time. we did all college rules, including, like, writing time, 
yes. out of bounds, three, stuff two, like two. that. I, I believe Super 32 is just going to three-point takedown. Um, as far as they I might saw. do out of bounds, which high school uh, uh, I don't know college out of bounds is so much superior to high school out of bounds. So any tournament that can do yeah. college out of bounds should do college out of bounds. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they can at least for the early rounds with those mats like so close together. I I thought they do, and they just say like, the well, size. if you know anyone else is in your way, then they stop it. Yeah, maybe it's been a Something couple years since I've been to Super Thirty Two. Yeah, yeah. So I don't I don't love it. I mean, I guess uh, you know after the who's number one event there wasn't that many matches that it affected i think it'll be important interesting as the college season plays out to see how many matches will be affected the one I, we talked about the one huge positive of and maybe maybe super the who's thinking of this is it makes tech falls happen way faster true right <laughs> the fact that they get one super the who's not doing this but in in college you can get three and four now right so you can mm -hmm. get a seven point takedown um Tech fall, a 15 point tech fall specifically on takedowns always was way too far away. It takes so long. Um, versus, you know, you think even freestyle, five takedowns. Someone takes you down five times in a row and match over. I'm not so sad about that. Think about um, how many dudes David Taylor would have teched in college if he had four oh yeah. point near oh fall man. and three point takedown. Like he already did tech something like Almost probably like 50% yeah. of his <clears throat> opponents. He pinned the rest, but you give him, yeah. To, uh, it would be interesting to go rescore re a bunch of those matches, uh, you know, based on the, the the new rule set. I mean, the other one that they have now that uh, David didn't have or I didn't have, and I I love this. Uh, I do practice with the college guys and uh, the uh, hold them on their back, and you actually yeah. have to have a takedown, bro. It's so much better. It's so easy. Also, you had to hold somebody for five seconds on their back to get three near fall. Mm -hmm. Not now, you only have to do it. So even getting three point near fall is easier yes. than it used to be. Four point near fall. Four point. Yeah. Well, no, we're we're going back to three as well. You get oh, three, sure. three if you hold three. them for yeah, three yeah. now. Right. So, like, you can get four, and it's still easier to get three point near mm -hmm. fall. So, points be going up on the board. Um, yeah. I forgot to ask for questions last night, but we do have a couple questions. Um, that we maybe didn't get to. Tony Powers wants to know, did the world gold medal winners receive any money? I From don't... who? Whom? Now, Living the Dream gives USA gold medalists $50,000, but I don't believe UWW pays... I don't think so. ...gold medalists, but they do pay them if you have the most ranking series points. Mm -hmm. Really? How much? 5,000 Swiss francs. Okay. It's like fifty five hundred. Uh, that's not very much money, I don't believe. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it would, guys. It would be so nice to see the UWWX start paying people. Maybe yeah. if they actually care, you know, maybe someday the UWW will care about like media rights, and then they'll be like, "Well, I'm going to juice up a bunch of my tournaments, so I'm going to actually pay people to show up to the ranking series events." And then the everyone's wants to watch the ranking series events, so they can charge more for the media rights. And then boom, bam, there you go. People are getting paid. People are showing up. We get to watch better wrestling. Kozak has uh, better data points for mm -hmm. his rankings. Everyone's happy. Everyone wins. Uh, except if you don't make money <laughs> after spending a lot of money to get the wrestlers to wrestle. That brings yeah. it back to that market. Talk, but yeah, I would I would love it. It, it would be tremendous. That would be awesome. From strictly a fan perspective. This is from Sean. It was in the email. 
What are the weight class tiers or rankings in men's freestyle? So like in terms of toughest weight class, he went 74, 65, 57, 125, 97, 86, 61, 70, 79, 92. What do you well, think? Well, that's that? interesting. Mm. I, I mean, I know right away. I say 65 is number one. There, that weight class is so freaking tough. Yeah. Now, it, it, it deeper, but it probably doesn't have the hmm, final boss. Mm -hmm. like yeah, but when Civic I when I think of like the when I think of the the like weight class, if you say rank this weight class, I don't want to rank based on one really good person at the top, like say said July of a couple of years ago, or you know even a great one, eighty six. A six kind of stinks. Hey, we got to guess David the Taylor is, is likely the best, but you yes, you have two really really good people, but the depth is yeah. like it's just not there. I need a mic. I got a. <laughs> uh -oh. oh geez. I got a problem. A bone to pick with Ben and <laughs> Hold up. Take my shirt. Uh, yeah, pop the top real quick. All right, I'm gonna. I'm, am I gonna yell that now for my uh, my Jacory Teamer take? Probably. Has to post That's all what's gonna happen, JD. We we got a one Oliver Stone. Gang, gang. In the house. I'll do a little Neil thing. My, my, uh. We're still in the temporary knee is studio. Popping. Temporary studio. We're making, making Why do. Why did you guys lock the door? Ben. That door doesn't lock. You can't lock the door. You think I don't know how to pick locks, Ben? <laughs> can't keep me out. <laughs> ben, I got a question for you. Hey, Oliver, I got a question before you read. I'm going to, I'm going to the NYC in, uh, in a month or in some change. I'm going to the is NYC. New York City safe? Can I actually, can I actually go there? Am I going to get mugged or robbed or what? Are you um, going to the feral? Well, just let me know when you're going. I'll call my people out there. They'll give you some protection. You know, you got to check in okay. with the homies, and then we got you. Uh, I'll see you there, Ben. Okay. What are you, you? Yeah. What are you TV. going for? <laughs> uh, the Bill Feral. The Will Feral. Oh, okay. Okay. Shout out William. Um, <laughs> make sure to get yourself right, some good pizza. Let's hear your Jacory Teamer take. He's okay. gonna win. Jacory Teamer is obviously gonna win the whole thing. <laughs> He's obviously number one, and it feels like. Um, CP and you, Ben, even though you were, um, like one of my heroes growing up, we're friends <laughs> now, all that stuff. And you guys, you guys act like we're not even friends. And you're, it's the, the, the Jacory slander is ridiculous. Explain yourself. Well, I, all I simply said was we haven't seen this guy compete in a very, very long time. It's been, uh, we're going on almost two years now. So no, I don't know what to expect out of him. Uh, he might be really, really good, but I'm going to kind of withhold uh, until we see him compete again. Yeah, but you're my friend. I mean, I'm just making an observation on an athlete. I don't know what our friendship has to do with anything. You, have you seen him? Down. Have you went and watched him in the Arizona State Wrestling Room? Like, how does he look? Maybe you he looks give amazing. Insight. He looks amazing. Was just out there. He looks jacked, ripped up, was popping top, ab picks for the gram, the whole thing. Shout out CP, ab picks for the gram. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, he looks great, and he's going to win the whole dang thing. All right, there's some tough guys now that I'm looking at their rankings. And, <laughs> all right, maybe it's not such a shoo-in, but for him not to be tier one is crazy. Okay. So you he's looking good. Like that shot he hasn't lost a step is what you're saying, despite his injury. Still the same guy. Yeah, I mean, it was a torn pec, I think. And look at his pecs now. They gotta look hurt, great. right? They look great, though. He looks jacked up. <laughs> so just based on that, you know it's fire. And look. Okay. We, if you're putting Peyton Robb if up you're, there, he's coming off an injury as well. Yeah, a coming off an injury as well. Last time we saw Ja'Cory, they had a, a war of a match. You put Frannick up in the uh, 
the tier one. If I remember correctly, last time they wrestled, Jacory won. That's facts. Only facts right. here. I will consider. I love that Tyler's got this close up on Ollie's face right now on YouTube. <laughs> I don't know if you guys are watching it. It's, yeah, it's I'm awesome. seeing it, and I look good. I've been. I have a yeah. new skincare routine, and I think I really see it paying off. <laughs> um, is uh, is Jacory going to try to compete in freestyle afterwards? And you know, Arizona State has another person, Anthony Valencia, wrestling on Team Mexico. Is there another country that Jacory can compete for? Um, Long Island's not a country. P.S. Well, dang, that's that was going to be my answer. I don't think he has another country. Um, okay. Maybe he could do the Palacio route and randomly start wrestling for Uruguay. Um, <laughs> Wait, Palacio, Palacio wrestled for Uruguay? Yeah, there was. Uh, I think there was some international no. stuff he was doing for a little bit. Yeah, he's got some Uruguayan descent. Um, okay. You wouldn't see that coming, but that's for sure true, I think. Um, but, yes, plans are freestyle com- competition. Also, okay. I haven't spoke to him about it, so I'm just lying and saying um, that he's going to do it. But, yeah, he's going to do it. Well, if you're going to be our insider, you just got to act like an insider. You can't just tell us you don't actually Long know. Long Island's kind of close to Canada. Well, okay, so I'll, I'll do it like this. I'll do it like this. Sources say that he's going to um, compete in freestyle, and there's rumors brewing that it may be for Canada. <laughs> so, that's, that's that big J work. Awesome. That's that big J work. Watch out. Uh, Jacory on the rise. Shout out Team Canada. Sorry, eh? <laughs> there we go. Should we get back to some of these questions? We got some keys yeah, from Ash. Yeah, let's back to the questions. Kick, Who kick do you Ollie think is better, out. Ollie? Okay, let me hear 2023 Yazdani <laughs> or 2023 Sitikov? Assuming they're the same size, I'm guessing. It's got to be. Assuming they're the same size, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sitikov. I mean, I know he takes L sometimes. Um, outside of Worlds and Olympics, but like I feel like he doesn't even care about that. So you just got to measure him on the Worlds and Olympics. It's almost like the uh, the Jordan versus LeBron debate, you know? Jordan's better because six for six, you know? He gets he wins when he needs to, when it matters the most, and LeBron's Mr. L's in the finals. So shout out CP and Bracky for that one. <clears throat> but that's just my take. But... My arthritic knees, they're about to pop. It was good seeing my Uh-oh. FRL boys for a bit. Shout out JD, shout out Ben Askren, even though he hates New York <laughs> and Long Island. Um, make sure to hit me up before you go out there. Um, I did um, send the hitters out for you and CP once I heard that Jacory slander. So they may okay. be spinning the block on you fools. But I'll tell them to chill if you, uh, if you invite me out <laughs> to your disc golf course. You're always welcome. Can I, can I sleep in your house? Uh, I, don't know, I don't know about that. Maybe the driveway. <laughs> Come on. Super <laughs> party. All right. Good seeing you, boys. Shout out the chat. Shout out Avery Gaming. Peace out, guys. <clears throat> All right. I say, uh, I say, I say Sitikov because he won it and he beat Dick. But um, it is so interesting that we don't get to see the crossover uh, between those guys. And it's like Yazdine doesn't really get challenged by anyone besides Taylor. And then you could say, well, Dakes beat Taylor, but it's been a while since that's happened. You're, so that would kind of be the easiest path there. It seems like off the top you want to go Sitikov, but then you remember, yes, Donnie has beaten David Taylor. Mm-hmm. So that's a big that's notch true. for him. Um, and he's only lost to Taylor, whereas Sitikov has lost two or three times to multiple people in the past handful of years. Mm-hmm. And same number of Olympic golds 
One. I'm One. still going to sit <laughs> So I think resume-wise, I go Yazdani. Yeah. You'd rather have his who resume. You, who are you going with, Kozak? Give me Sitikov. Yeah. Well, like, I test to me says Sitikov, but, like, data resume-wise, mm-hmm. I, I lean Yazdani just for the lack of losing. He's still pretty active. Did it across multiple weight classes. So, he, he's done mm-hmm. it longer. So, I go Yazdani. Yeah. Yeah, the thing about Iran with Yazdani is they've kind of kept him as the guy and not made him wrestle off a ton. Like, I'm trying to think when the last time he's really wrestled a, um, a worthy opponent. Like, he, it used to be Gassimpour, but ever since Gassimpour moved up to 92, they haven't wrestled. So it's been yeah. three or four years since he's had somebody on that level to push him domestically. So, you know, if... If Gassimpour is there, is he is he dropping a match, you know, here or there? Whereas Sitikov's got to battle that deep seventy four uh, Russian, you know, lineup yes. all the time. To kind of bring it back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the show, and the Iranians like very intense training regimen. Is it time to talk about do they train quote too hard unquote with how many injuries we've seen them face in the past? handful of years outside of Yastani, but even Yastani, he's always with the mm-hmm. taped up and there was some rumors this year he maybe wasn't a hundred percent and yeah. a lot of their other guys are always taped up and braced up and yeah. gas and pours crotchless right now and <laughs> so yeah. What'd you say? He's what? He suffered a crotch injury. Groin. Groin. You're right. His crotch, did you say crotchless? He's without yeah. a crotch. Well, yeah, oh he, my god. So he tore he his groin he tore his groin and then he came back and then he tore the other side. Um, Ooh, ouch. That yeah, can't be good. That's not good. And I think, and so uh, Yazdani, they were reporting his shoulder. Uh, he had a shoulder injury early early this year and that kept him out. And then he came back and he was all all taped up. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's a great point. I, I think, and it, it's, even last year's RA, like they said, that's, that's kind of why he was, um, he was out for a long time and then dropped a match when he came back is that he was trying to recover from injury too so I think it's true right. uh, one more do the international transfer portal has Puerto Rico Mexico wow th- sorry Sean wrote this one weird but I believe he's asking is Puerto Rico and Mexico now tougher than Cuba in the Pan Ams oh. with all of the American transfers yeah that would be uh, they should do Pan Am duels you guys should host that FRL hosts the Pan Am Duels. I think we should do it. Pan Am Cup? Pan Am Cup. Let's do it. All right. There it is. That'd be kind of be fun, right? At top, you know, maybe we get, uh, we get uh, you know, Cuba in there. We get to Puerto Rico. Maybe Canada get, comes, you know. Mexico has a team now. Uh, a lot of American athletes on these teams. But I think it'd be fun. I'd watch it. Yeah. Just the Olympic weights. Couldn't do, couldn't yeah. do non-Olympics. But yeah, it'd be fun. Sure. It's and that was what you guys see. did with that Club Cup the one time. You did six weights. It was great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's sad to see Cuba, not the Cuba of four, yeah. eight years ago. But Greco, they still... Greco, they're still... They had two champs doing. in Greco. And Mihan's coming back. Yeah. <laughs> so awesome. It's such yeah, a baller move. Uh, 
that Cuban heavyweight in Greco qualified the weight. And Mi- Mihan was in Belgrade, but this just was, was just like, <laughs> nah, you got this, dude. I'm just going to come back for Olympics. That's all I care about. I'm just chilling uh, here this year. But thank you. Cares. Just Nothing pats else. him on the head. And thank you for qualifying the weight for me. Now I will take over yeah. and win another gold medal. That's one thing I'm looking forward to the most in Paris, yeah. actually, the return of Mihan. And his celebrations. And his celebrations. All right, well, it is 9.31. That means it's time for us to go. Good show. We solved the problems of Iowa, of international wrestling, of Pan Am wrestling, of high school and college we, wrestling as well. We did a good job today. We solved all of wrestling's problems without CP. Yep. And Ollie got to come in and, and express Ollie his feelings. Made a guest appearance. So that's all for today. That's all for this week. A special week. Back to normal, regular scheduled programming next week. So we'll see you all Monday. See you guys. Thank mm-hmm. you.